As I was praying through the readings, the question that kept coming to me, it seems to be the theme of, of all three readings, is what stops a person from greatness? What makes people think that they're unqualified or unfit for whatever task, but especially for the things of God? And it seems to me the answer is shown to us in all three of the readings. Unworthiness is often referenced by people as a reason that God will never use them. <clears throat> I heard this all the time as vocation director. Right? You hear young men all the time. I'm like, they're like, I just don't feel worthy of the priesthood. And I'm like, you think I do? I mean, if this loser can get through, anybody can. But unworthiness. Like, you're disqualified because you feel unqualified. If people looked at your stats on paper for any given task, they might not say that you have it. Whatever it is that makes people great, you, you don't have it. I want to give you a few examples of this. Because if we're honest, if we're honest, if we listen to that voice, there would be no great people ever. For example, did you know Reggie Jackson, the great baseball player, struck out 2,600 times, the most in the history of baseball. Nobody knows that. What people remember Reggie Jackson for is the home runs. But he struck out more than any other person in baseball. Thomas Edison, 1,000 failed experiments. If I was Thomas Edison, I'd be like, maybe I'm not cut out to be a scientist. A thousand experiments and not one worked. The thousand and first was the light bulb. Wayne Gretzky, the great hockey player, once said, on paper, I should not even have played in the NHL. If you had me race around the rink, I would have not been the fastest. I probably wouldn't have even been average. And yet in his career, he has more goals than any other player in the history of the NHL has points. I'm going to explain that because you guys don't look shocked enough. Points are goals and assists together. Wayne Gretzky has more goals than any other player in the history of the NHL has goals and assists. The only one to ever get close to his record. There were two men. They tied. They had 1,887 points. Mark Messier and Yarmir Yager. 1,887 points. Wayne Gretzky had 2,857 points. When Yarmir Yager and Mark Messier reached their goal of being within 1,000 points of Wayne Gretzky, they were 44 years old. Wayne Gretzky reached 1,887 points at the age of 28, 10 years before he would retire. Yet on paper, he was unqualified. Michael Jordan once said, I have missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and I missed. I have failed over and over and over again in my life. Not very qualified. But people don't remember that. And even though no one likes him, I have to mention Tom Brady. 
Because if you look, when he was drafted, this is, what, this is how he was described before he was drafted in the NFL draft. Poor build, skinny, lacks any great physical stature, lacks mobility and the ability to avoid the rush, lacks a strong arm, can't drive the ball down the field, does not throw a tight spiral and gets knocked down easily. Tom Brady was drafted in the 199th round of the NFL draft. Pretty pathetic on paper. And yet, he is arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. All of these people appeared average, unqualified for the leagues that they were playing in. And they were definitely not slated to be the greatest of all time. But they had something that no one was looking at. In the end, experts don't know what made them untouchable. They have guesses, but they did figure this much out. What everyone thought about them was wrong. Why? Because they were looking at the exterior. They weren't looking at the heart. What made these men play harder than anybody else was their heart. It's a great line, right? Hard work will beat talent when talent doesn't work hard. Oftentimes, I think that we look at the wrong things, and that's what holds us back. Isaiah, in our first reading, what does he say? Lord, I'm a sinful man living amongst sinful people. I can't be your prophet. You don't want me. St. Paul, in our second reading, Lord, I was a murderer, a persecutor of your church. You don't want me. What good could I possibly do for you? St. Peter, Lord, get away from me. You don't know who I am. You got the wrong guy. And yet, God chooses all of them to be the greatest of all time. Isaiah, arguably the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. Paul, regarded the greatest of the apostles and the preacher to the Gentiles. And Peter, the head and leader of the universal church. All of them, on paper, unqualified, unworthy. And yet God chooses them, just as God chooses all of you. You and I make a mistake when we use the world standard to judge a person and their qualities. A person's eloquence, their coolness, their success in the business world means nothing to God on its own. It costs God nothing to give you talent. Nothing. It cost him his son to convert your heart and to believe that you are worthy. The soul-defining quality of great people is loving the Lord. God will give you the ability to do his work. He doesn't call the qualified, they're a dime a dozen. God calls men and women who are devoted to him. No matter how broken you are. And in fact, the more unqualified you are, the better. St. Teresa Lisieux, the little flower, that was her entire motto. I am the weakest, the smallest, the most pathetic of all God's children. And yet he loves me the most because I need him the most. 
I don't know if you know this, but this week, we just ended Catholic Schools Week, a week set aside to celebrate Catholic education. And I believe that the mission of Catholic schools is not just to teach data, but more than anything to foster an environment where a child can encounter Christ. Because once that happens, once you meet him, everything else changes. I can speak to this from my own experience. When I finally met him, my whole life changed. And if we don't form the whole person in education, it's a dangerous thing. Cardinal Newman once said, education through the communication of knowledge alone does not necessarily make a good child. It can very easily make a smart devil instead of a stupid one. We have to form the whole person. And the most important part is the heart, the soul of the child. My dear parents, your children are being formed in a culture that is maybe the most dangerous culture to ever exist. Because it's so hidden. A culture where marriage and love are redefined. A culture where pleasure and money are the highest pursuit of mankind. A culture where divorce and remarriage are the norm. A culture where death and destruction of human life. A culture of gender dysphoria. The redefinition of masculinity and femininity. A culture that destroys the family. A culture of lust and pornography. Our children need a place where daily, daily, they have a chance to be equipped with the tools to fight back and a place, an environment where they can encounter Christ. I beg you with all my heart to give our school a chance. And if not ours, one of the schools in this area. We have great Catholic education. If you're not able to handle the financial requirements, we will make it work. I have said this time and time again. I will never turn away a child because of financial reasons, ever. And maybe you don't have kids in the system anymore. Then you can help. Support a child, adopt a child, pay for their tuition so that a child that normally wouldn't get this Catholic education can get it. That's evangelization. That's stewardship. That's taking care of people. And you can do that. We're still trying to grow our endowment to help offset tuition. Maybe you want to give to that. Maybe you want to contribute part of your estate so that there's an ongoing gift that keeps giving. The mission that we have done at St. Joe's has been done for now over a century, and it has made a difference. One thing I've noticed since I became pastor here, there are, in the Bismarck Mandan area, there is a connection to St. Joseph's School or St. Joseph's Parish everywhere you go. Everywhere. This parish was the biggest parish in the Diocese of Bismarck for 30 years. This parish educated thousands of children. At one time, there were over 700 kids in that school. Don't tell me that didn't make a difference. You want to hear how big a difference Catholic education makes? When I was chaplain at St. Mary's High School my first year, I taught my first class, the class of 08. And I became very close with this group of young men. There were 10 of them. They were all friends. Last week, I was gone. Father Craig Holcalter subbed for me. I don't know if you know where I was. Don't be scandalized. I was on a bachelor party. 
These ten men got together. And the last guy to get married, they went out to Big Sky. That was their bachelor party. They wanted to be together, snowboard together, and they brought me and my brother with. Why? Because they wanted mass. They wanted daily mass. 30-year-old men, married, successful, living the faith. They wanted on a bachelor party. Two priests. When's the last time you ever heard that? Don't tell me Catholic education doesn't work. Those men are my sons. And I love them and they love me. It is our job, our duty, to make sure our children encounter Jesus. And Catholic education is one of the best ways we can do that. St. Joseph, I'm sure you felt unworthy of the mission God entrusted to you. On paper, you were less than qualified to take care of the Son of God. And yet, because you love the Lord so much, He gave you the grace to teach His Son, to protect Him, to provide for Him. We beg you to do the same for us in our school and our parish. We are so unqualified to undertake this mission, but we know if we stay close to Jesus, all things are possible. Intercede for us. Give us the insights we need to make our school a beacon of light in this world of darkness. Give us benefactors to help and support us. This school has provided for so many throughout the years. May the light of St. Joseph's School never go out.